It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... A spirited win against a feisty Newcastle produced a string of 11 players who frankly looked knackered by the end of it. So tune in next week for another episode of Let's See How Much More of the Squad We Can Cut with your guest host, Manchester City. It all worked out fine in the end, though, but I'd like a little bit more leeway in the squad when other competitions start to kick in. Let's discuss it all. You're listening to Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. All right. Hello. Not bad result in the end, but they were uh, they were blowing a bit by the end, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, um... I was I, I did I did tweet one thing about the game beforehand. It was I was a lot more optimistic about it than a lot of people seem to be, but um, obviously with good reason. There was a bit of pessimism around, and with Guardiola before saying they had a big problem, well, big issue or big problem or something, and he said not just this game generally. Um, and he is right, isn't he? And you're right. The bench is shocking, and yeah, in, they did win, and they they were much better. Uh, and Newcastle didn't even really have any chances, but God, they were knackered by the end, weren't they? they yeah, were properly properly blowing. Yeah, um, I think the place to start for this show, Sam, is very, very simply um, given given how the game went, what happened afterwards. Um, let's just listen to uh, to what Guardiola said afterwards, um, uh, just his reaction to the performance and uh, and what he made of it all. It's the second game of the season, but it's a proof that uh, the reason why we won a lot. So the mindset and the mentality of this group of players amazed me every time, surprised me every time. So against that team. And uh, the conditions that we arrive uh, with a lot of injuries and uh, and no rest and uh, a part of that they they play really really well. A part of that and the defend how they run is the commitment for everyone was absolutely absolutely amazing. You thought it would be a massive test for you tonight. Were you impressed by the way your, your players handled the game right from the start? Absolutely. Absolutely. We played really good, we deserved to win, we could have scored more goals and against Newcastle. We saw it a few days ago against Aston Villa and what done last season and this season. Uh, but uh, what I said, so the difference and the winner's team is the mentality. And, and this group of players for many, many years, not just last season, that was exception for many years, they have done it and still have done it today, again and again. It's just second game, nothing changed in terms of results in a title contenders with this kind of stuff that is ridiculous to talk in, in August, September is the okay, we know we are tired I know we have 
not in the best condition. I know you have five or six important players out. I know that uh, many things, but it's what it is. So I said yesterday, this is the challenge. The Premier League decided to play today. Okay, we accept the challenge. This is what to do. So, and that's why um, there are days that one manager is more pleased than the other ones because we could, we could draw, we could have lose. So it's football. But the way we behave was extraordinary. Did you plan the lap of honour or was that just a spontaneous gesture? You, you seem to call the fair. I, I, I would like to do it every single game. Every home game? Yeah, I would love it, yeah. It's our gratitude for our fans. So they come to see us and why we cannot share the moment together. So, uh, yeah, it was really, really nice. He was really pleased with that win, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like you said it was like Fulham. Reminiscent of yeah, yeah. the end of the Fulham game, and you know we we raved about that, didn't we? And, you know that was a. I remember saying and thinking like this is a to to the to the neutral fan or somebody who just watches our match of the day or didn't see the game or whatever. This is a run of the mill City win. Okay, even with ten men, people people wouldn't really appreciate that. That I'm saying is like one of the best performances they've ever had. You know, it's just top top level football, and we were obviously so glowing about that. And last night, I think. Kind of similar, obviously in terms of how he was so pleased with the squad and just pleased with everything really because of the problems that he felt they had going into it and, and still do have. He, he obviously felt similar, um, but it, it didn't, it wasn't, hmm, it wasn't quite such a battle because I think playing with 10 men for so long, that did really require extra, extra effort. But obviously, yeah, last night, in terms of preparations for the game, you mentioned getting back. Uh, well, he said they they went to sleep at four a.m. after the game, and then they they they'd got back with not much time to prepare. And then yeah, he's obviously made the point several times that they wanted the game moved to Sunday or Monday, but they didn't do it. Um, and yeah, they accept the challenge, and that's it. So he obviously knew it was an ideal situation, um, but the way they overcame it obviously pleased him greatly. And I guess if we're doing, in fact, he did say, didn't he? I think I, I read it on Twitter before I went to bed. Um, which is how journalists normally do their best work. <laughs> He's he said, you know, if we if we're talking about like the levels and last season and and complacency, so if we're doing complacency corner every week, which I think we probably will, he was like, that shows that we're there. Um, and again, that was the kind of that was the message after the Fulham game, wasn't it? Mm. I think he actually said, you, you know, you, you, we've been here seven years, been here together. Sometimes you maybe think you need a change of atmosphere or environment, but this. This kind of showed me that everyone's still pulling, and we know that behind the scenes it was a kind of big factor in him uh, renewing his contract. So yeah, um, very very similar, a lot of parallels. Um, but obviously, the only thing I would say about complacency there is they still had their big dip after the World Cup, and Guardiola and Gundogan were talking about complacency. So it can obviously come in at any point, or they just or they have problems at any point, which they or maybe we in the media will say, well, that's complacency. But it's definitely started very well the season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, but this is why I was confident. And I know Guardiola will all, you know, nobody's going to have more confidence in his players than Guardiola. This is this goes back to the the wider, larger point. You know, when everyone thinks, oh, well, they've won another trophy, that means it's even easier than we previously thought. But we're like, well, no, it's it's even harder. And you know, Guardiola, he doesn't take anything for granted. So everyone's like, oh, you've got to, you've got to do this, or it's a failure. It's a failure if you don't win the Champions League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He knows the size of the achievement of what he's done in England and obviously with his other clubs as well. And then he, he sees a performance like that. He sees that they're still going. He sees that they're still committed and, you know, they're knackered at the end and they're getting over the line. 
Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, probably the only reason I feel like it's not exactly similar to Fulham is because Newcastle didn't really create any threat. It wasn't like they had the one counter when Rodri gave the ball away, which was a bit mad. Mm. Um, the Guardiola did brilliant to to stop. And like fair play because obviously one of the things I've, I've noticed in his game is this one-on-one defending isn't always great. So that was a good, good time to get it right. Yeah, yeah but it's two-on-one um, defending. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, good point. Um, so yeah, that, that, was, that was great. But it wasn't like the Sevilla game where they were doing mad stuff left, right and centre or even just, you know, Newcastle were getting through and having chances and Edison was bailing them out with good saves. It was, I don't want to say comfortable because I've just made the point about Guardiola knows how difficult it is. Yeah, it wasn't comfortable. I know what you mean. Squad. Yeah. But, and especially... I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been when Foden put Haaland through in the second half and he dragged it wide of the post. And that's when you start thinking, oh, okay, Newcastle are going to score then. Because you can't keep missing this amount of chances. It, it had that feel to it. But in reality, those chances never really came for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and City managed it very well. But yeah, that that's what I was saying. Guardiola's obviously got maximum, maximum, maximum confidence in his players. But I guess, I don't know, publicly... He's either got to say certain, like raise certain points so people know, or you know, just his anxieties around it, basically. Because I guess my anxieties around City's results are quite to the same level as his. But in terms of going into the game, I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but I saw that you'd put it on the running order in terms of it being a good time to play City, and that was something that a lot of people were saying. You know, to the extent where I saw some people just you know the odd thing on Twitter saying well, a draw would be a good result, but I, I, I would have, I don't think we covered it on the last podcast. But I was going to be like, look, there's there's never a good time to play City. Yeah, I mean, I know I obviously get all the reasons. I get all the reasons, and and yeah, it's probably about as as weak as City could get if you look at that bench, and the the tiredness from midweek and the humidity that they played in and all that kind of stuff. But it's just it's City, like they, yeah, no, they, I, they're going to they're going to give everything. I take that point, and obviously the and... other quality. That's, I mean, that's also why, I, I don't know if it's harsh to say this, but um, if I'm being perfectly honest with with a with a more neutral hat on and not with my City fan hat on, I was a little bit disappointed in Newcastle and, and, and the way that, that they that they approached the game. Yeah, they were um, saying that on TV. Just, just simply because, um, I mean, as you said there about the tiredness and about the, the, the thinness of the squad and players available, um, you're going into a game where Kevin De Bruyne is not available, where Bernardo Silva's not available, they haven't got... John Stones doing what he does. There's, there's so many kind of facets to this City team that I'm missing, and I and I take the point that the eleven that City named are, are, are a very good eleven, and you know will will win most Premier League games. But at the same time, Newcastle have got ambitions this season, and they've got ambitions now as a Champions League club with with good players to be to be started. Like I, I see them very much as City in 2010, the the sort of team that hasn't won the title but is is aiming to be in the conversation. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but soon. And given the, the the opening performance that they put in against Aston Villa, given you know all the all the issues yeah. we talked about with City, I expected them to come and um, just put up more of a fight. And it and it ended up with them having that one chance where Rodri put it on a plate for them to have a counter attack, and uh, they kicked City off the pitch. And that that was kind of it. I just felt I, I felt like the game plan could have been a lot more. Um, ambitious than it was and then Eddie Howe afterwards said that he wasn't happy particularly with the performance as well so that's I mean that's where my thinking of um you know it, like a point would be a good result would have been because I was expecting Newcastle to be a lot more aggressive than they were and I mean aggressive in the sense of the of the performance rather than literally leaving a foot in like they were doing um yeah. 
but uh, so uh, uh, like in that in that regard when it got to full time i was like actually i i'm i'm not sure if if maybe that was Newcastle's game plan and City were just good. City were just good enough to stop them doing that. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's the reason why why Guardiola was so happy with it. Well, yeah, of course. Like, it was, it's, it's that it's that blend of quality and effort. You know, in the tweet before the game, I said, it's a strong team full of winners. And it was the, the most succinct way I could think of putting it. They're, they're quality players, but it's not like, you know, you put out a, a League Cup eleven, and it's not just not necessarily City, but any of the big teams. They rotate, and it's still a strong team, but they get beat by like a a lower Premier League team or even a Championship team or whatever. And it's like you look at it and go, that team on paper should be beating Blackpool or whatever. And like, yeah, they should, but that's a team that's been thrown together. Like some of them want to leave. You know, they've not. Some of them haven't played in months. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah. team on paper is ne- it's not it's good, but in reality, it, you can see why they lost. I guess no more rhythm. Team. Yeah, yeah, but like. That wasn't the case with City. Look, they're down. I'm, I'm, I'm always hesitant to like make it sound difficult for City because I know well, <laughs> City fans obviously don't mind, but like anybody else listening for whatever reason would hate it. But they're probably as close to bare bones as you can get because genuinely that bench was quite mental, wasn't it? Again, I saw your tweet beforehand saying all those top players that City are hoarding must be angry or whatever. But yeah. like, it's, it's like... I'd, Sorry for being flippant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't highlight it in in any other way. I mean, how many how many players are actually missing for it to be that weak? Um, De Bruyne, Stones, Bernardo, Bernardo. It's about That's it, it really, it? isn't it? Yeah, it's about it. Guardiola said five or six, and obviously it feels like five or six. But when he said it, I was like, does he still count Gundogan in that? Like we haven't got we haven't got him, and yeah. maybe Mares as well. Um, Laporte wasn't three. there as well, but obviously he's oh, yeah. not good. He's Laporte not going to be there. Cancelo, but yeah, yeah, um, and Laporte being on the bench, like Ake being on the bench, like Ake being on the bench is like more Ake's better to have on the bench than Laporte is at this moment in time. But he was never coming on, was he? Like Guardiola, not in that game. No, no. It was, well, this was it. I mean, the whole thing about Guardiola's exchange with that fan because he said, "Oh, well, make a sub," and I was like, "Well, you come down here and do it then." I mean, I just. I will, just one day, and it's going to change from like every game to the next, but there will be overriding principles, which we've already covered, I'd like to think, about why Guardiola doesn't make service. But I saw some people complaining after the game that he didn't, and he was oh, he can't, he can't complain about tiredness again if he's not making any service. I was like, you, you don't really get it, do you? Like, I suppose the tiredness thing, that it kind of makes sense in isolation. But if you, if you know what his approach to making subs are, and like who on that bench is... Who on that bench is coming on in that game? With Guardiola knowing that the stakes are so high, you know, they were they were tied at the end. So we know that he's kind of pessimistic, negative in terms of how he thinks about subs at, at these moments in games. Like, don't bring on somebody in case it kind of causes a shift or changes the structure. I actually saw a good tweet from a, an account called Canio Football, C-A-N-O. And they were like, because... Uh, Diaz didn't play in the last two games. They had different things going on in, in the team, and that meant the Grealish couldn't start because they didn't want to leave the fullback isolated one v one. And if Grealish had started going in and he cuts inside, that changes the shape of the transitions, and so the transitions are more likely to lead to one on ones. So they, so everything's kind of moves around because like Diaz didn't play, so then they had Lewis at left back in the first game. And, so that's why Grealish uh, didn't play at Burnley. And then they yeah. had something else. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, again, I'm sure there's a million different reasons to it, but it's it's all this stuff about. And his, the whole point was about substitutes. Like, there's such tiny things that like morons like us are never going to appreciate. I've seen that video tweeted again by you know, there's like a the Pep Twitter account, which is like yeah. remarkably pro Pep, like more so than than fucking us, basically. It's, it like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was him. Uh, but he tweeted an old account, and he was like, people say, he goes, not just me, but all the managers, people say, oh, the manager got the tactics wrong. He's like, well, do you know what? The tactics work. And it, yeah. and it's this kind of thing. Like, and in such minute detail, such as that example there about he don't want to leave Rico Lewis isolated so Grealish can't play on the left wing. Like, If 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 Guardiola was to like, set us a question and say, right, Rico Lewis is playing left back tonight, and I'm not going to play Grealish. Why? Why? Nobody. Yeah, 25 nobody, marks. <laughs> No, yeah, nobody is coming up with the actual reason. I mean, to be fair, obviously, this guy, this I think the guy who runs it is a coach. So you've got people of a certain, you know, coaching pedigree who would know that. But, I mean, the likes of us, and sorry if you're listening and I'm doing you a disservice, but there'd be very few listeners who would get that as well. Um, so then to to think about, okay, you've got 15 minutes of a game left against a good team. And like I say, they didn't actually create those chances, but we all had that feeling. I'm sure there was that feeling in the stadium as well that it could happen. And especially the way that City were, they were trying to counter-attack. And it was just that feeling that they, they could. So just destabilising that shape. And to bring on who? I mean, to be fair, one of the replies I did get was from somebody who was like, especially negative, I would say. And it was like, we've got two proven internationals on the bench and a kid who doesn't stop running. And I looked, and obviously Ake was one, and Phillips was the other. And I was like, if you think he's bringing on Phillips for Rodri at this point in a game like that, Okay, like it's hard to say because okay, on paper, tiredness wise, if you don't want Rodri to get injured or you don't you don't want you need him to have a rest or whatever, then yeah, Phillips is the one to bring on there. But it's never happening. It's never happening. And that I mean that's not even a structure thing, it's just he doesn't think he's good enough. So that's never happening. And then what's the point in bringing Ake on at that point? None of the defenders needed a rest. You, there's nothing you can do there the, to bring off Rodri for Ake and yeah. like that. And the, only, did, the only thing you could do is bring on Ake as another centre back and then you're just inviting that pressure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then in terms of changing the structure, even in minute details, if you're going, okay, like Rodri's coming off, just one less man in midfield. Or you drop Foden further back, which is not the role that Foden's doing. Obviously, we'll come on to Foden. Like, that doesn't make sense. And then bringing on Rico Lewis, again, like as good as he is, and I I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm wavering from one show to the next, because I think in the last couple of shows we talked about how good he is, and he is. But just in, in that type of game, when it's basically... The players that Guardiola felt could get them on the, over the line were the players that started, and yeah. it could have been Ake or Guardiola, basically. But the rest, they're not coming into that game. Yeah, they're I mean, let's, not coming into that game. That, that's it. I mean, and let's be honest, it's not a slight on Lewis that he's not bringing him on because like, no. there, there is, there, there are, in fact, like I and think, again, bringing him on to do what? Walker yeah. didn't need a rest. Guardiola didn't need a rest. But this is the thing. I, I think there, are, there is probably zero players in world football that he would actually bring on in that game at that moment. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, like you could like he could have had Bernardo Silva on the bench and I'm not even convinced he would he would have brought him on at any point in that game. Yeah, that's you, a good point. You know what I mean? Right. Because I know what you mean because he, he may well have, but I know exactly what you mean because it's just about yeah, not in those specific circumstances. It's like not even upsetting. Even if he won't change it, will he? It's just not. It's just not upsetting the apple cart. Yeah. So yeah, I did think actually there was a time in the second half and I was like who's he going to bring on to make the possessions longer? Because that's what he said about Bernardo, wasn't it, in the league game against Newcastle last season? And then Bernardo scored after like 40 seconds and it didn't really matter. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so 
was it the counter-attacks point you wanted to go back to? Or well, was it it, um, I can't remember now, but I'm sure I'll come back to it uh, <laughs> a bit later on. Um, in the meantime, let's hear... Uh, let, I, I actually clipped up Guardiola talking about the uh, the subs. I didn't I didn't use the bit about uh, the exchange with the fan, uh, but this was uh, this was his reasons for, for not making a sub in that game. I thought I thought to Rico and Calvin and Cole to be maybe part of that, but I see the team in that moment. I saw the team still were alive. In that game, Camin, sometimes the rhythm is difficult. I know they were tired, but I saw the team still were there. They were fighting every ball. And, uh, and yeah, the managers will have the option, you know, to, to make the substitutions, but the manager decides if they apply or not. And also, I thought the less substitution will be less extra time. So, that's why. <laughs> Coming up after a short ad break, we'll talk about what it was like inside the Etihad as City saw the game out, and we'll talk about Kovacic after his performance against Newcastle. See you shortly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. The thing I wanted to come back to was the feeling in the stadium um, because yes, okay. uh, there, like, you, you are right. There was there was a little bit of edginess that, that Newcastle might score when City kept missing a few chances. However, um, I want to bring up the uh, Real Madrid game from a couple of years ago, you know, when they lost in the Bernabeu. Um, because... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you might have to think about it for a bit, but you know, um, because do you remember how we we talked that after Diaz gave that penalty away, the, the city just just didn't have it. They had one chance, and oh, that yeah. was it. And yeah, like you you you're like how how is it a, how is it possible that there were like 15 minutes left, 20 minutes left, and 
City, a team that is built on being able to keep the ball and create chances, just couldn't get anything, like couldn't get any momentum going. And I felt a little bit of that from City against Newcastle. I felt a little bit of a sense of, yeah, we're winning 1-0 here. Um, Rodri did the thing where he gave it away and, and they had the counter-attack. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, nothing mad now. The ball doesn't really stay in play. And if it does stay in play, we've got it. And that's how it's going to work. And so uh, while there was a little bit of edginess in the, in the, in the stands because it was a tight lead and, and Newcastle had shown uh, had shown kind of interest in getting back into it. I'm not going to say any more than that. Um City just did a very good job of managing it and just and just seeing it out. And there was a, there was a couple of moments where um, I was seeing on because I, I because I was tense. I, when I'm tense, I I open my phone and scroll Twitter a little bit and and don't necessarily pay 100 percent attention to the game. Um, and I could see a few tweets from people okay. kind of trying like of of the opinion get it forward. Second goal kills this game. Get it won, sort of thing. And the feeling I feel like in the stadium was the opposite. It was very much a case of just keep the ball, nothing stupid, and you'll win this game. <laughs> well, no, no. And it's it, it was it was kind of I I thought I, I thought City need to be I thought the praise needs to be there for actually how they managed through that final ten minutes, given yeah. how tired they were, given like the the stray passes that they were putting out of play, putting out of play, putting out putting um, astray, and and kind of there was the chance that Newcastle could get back into it. Instead, City just went, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna act like a cartoon character now. We're gonna we're gonna stick our you know palm of our hand on your forehead, and you're gonna swing and swing and swing and get nowhere near yeah. us. And it was it was just like that. It's very very well managed. And like so, th- there was a sense of edginess, but actually, City were it was it was a case of City just kind of took that in their stride and and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of calmed it all down. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like Newcastle didn't create anything and. City managed it very well, but there was that. There was at one point I thought, "Oh, they're going to need a second goal here." But then by the end, yeah, it felt like they didn't. But it was funny because on the commentary as well, they said, "Oh, you know, it's, it's getting a bit stretched now. The game is it's open." But it comes back to finding Haaland because there was a couple of chances where they carried the ball up the pitch and they could have forced it through to Haaland. Like Rodri had one, but he just didn't that slowed it down. Passed out to the right, City attacked, which is you know, basically. What they do. What they I, do. I think that's that, that. It's what they do, but also I think that was the right decision. If if Haaland had have bollocked him for not playing it, Guardiola probably would, would have bollocked him. You know, in that you know in that chain of, of bollocking reenactment yeah. of the of the Burnley halftime situation with Bernardo. But there was a couple that it was right to play to him, but the passes weren't good. I think one was Foden and one was Rodri again, maybe. And then obviously they got cut out. And obviously this was the whole point of the three all last season. That's why it was so end to end. Because if you if you're gonna do it, you've got you gotta do it. You gotta do it right. And if you don't, like because the weren't they weren't going out for like goal kicks or corners or whatever, they were staying in play. You've got an issue. And basically they were right to make the pass, but it wasn't good enough. And this is the this is what we were talking about on the last show. You've got a you've got to know when to do it and you've got to do it right. And if you don't do it, then it's wrong. If you do do it and you don't put it off, it's wrong. If you do do it, sometimes it's wrong. And you've you've basically just got to be perfect every single time to know what to do. And there were situations when the pass was the right thing. The pass through to Haaland was the right thing, but it wasn't made. And then that's why the game got stretched. And then, But I think that was probably about 12, 13 minutes to go. And I think, I don't know if, if Guardiola got a message on or the players just went, you know what? We can't be doing this again. And then that was it then. It was just like, not shut up shop, but stop 
stop trying to do that, even if it's on. To be fair, I don't think there was any that were actually on after that. But yeah. even if they had given... been, I think they might have, they might have been, unless it was Kovacic, because you know Kovacic does seem. He's keen, isn't he, to play it? Yeah. Keen to do it. You know, we spotted that in the first game of preseason, the first half of the Bayern game. Uh, no, the first half of the Yokohama game. He was he was trying it, and I think we've seen that. Um, but yeah, by the end, it was just, okay. We're not we're not doing this anymore. We're just gonna you know pass it around, and that that was exactly what the what the game dictated. I understand the people who were saying the second goal kills the game, and that's absolutely right. Um, but look, I'm, maybe I'm. I'm plugged into Guardiola's kind of pessimistic way of thinking, but also if you go searching for that second goal, sometimes you you can see the equaliser. Um, but this is it. Like my confidence of them going into the game was because I've seen them get through harder circumstances many times over the years, um, and my kind of shrug shoulders reaction to the game is well, yeah, I didn't expect any different. But obviously, I guess a lot of people were expecting otherwise, um, and so it was. You know, the reaction is 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 slightly different, but I just. I just see City doing what, what they always do there um, and fair play to them. But I guess, obviously, we mentioned Kovacic. Um, well, I've, just yeah, before you did, I was really going to say, um, it just, I, I had a chuckle then because I was just I, I just felt like it was uh, you're advocating City as managed by uh, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely because uh, if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's, all I was, that's all I was singing in, the, in, in that, in that, uh, that moment there. But uh, there we go. Yes, Kovacic. Um, let's, uh, uh, let's start with him. We've said a couple of times he looks so at home. Um, yeah. The number of times, uh, Newcastle especially, um, that highlighted just his footwork to get through tight spaces. Yeah. Um, like a, pe- a little penny dropped for me in that in the Etihad um, on Saturday night. That was maybe maybe this guy's got a different way of linking midfield and attack, and. Like you think of of how City played through Gundogan to get to Haaland last season, and how De Bruyne plays to get to Haaland, and the way City themselves get the ball through to the front line. Kovacic kind of he drives a lot more. Do you know what I yeah. mean? He he, yeah. like he drives the ball there a lot more, and then lays it off rather than rather than just kind of picking the right pass mm. at the right time and you knowing when to slow it and and pass it. That I mean, let me talk. Bingo alert. Powers are kind of style yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kovacic seems to go okay there's a tight space going to go through that does it and then yeah. he's, got, he's got the he's got the footwork to get, to, to, to get himself through there and find the pass yeah I know exactly what you mean because we've talked about it several times on this very podcast um, <laughs> but yeah because um, I, I remember when he signed or maybe it was even around the time he was signing or what he could potentially bring um, I mentioned how I was on the day of the Real Madrid game in Madrid I was with Nadam and he was talking about Madrid's players and their ability to to um, beat a man or break a line just by carrying it. And he was like, there's nobody in the City team who really does that. And that causes real problems for the opposition when you just carry it through. Because then you've got overloads immediately because you've not even had to pass to anyone else. You've just, you've just done it all yourself. And then I remember bringing that up because I don't, I didn't, like, like a lot of people, I hadn't paid an especially major amount of attention to Kovacic before which just means like a lot of people these days I don't really watch much beyond City and if I do it's just on in the background when I'm looking at my phone like an idiot but one of the things I'd noticed about Kovacic is the just from playing against City the ability to kind of wriggle out of a tight space under pressure and we saw that loads and his willingness and ability to carry it and again we saw that loads um, and yeah it, it does add like another another dimension I saw some people say he's maybe got skills that Gundogan hasn't, 
And I mean, that is that is what I mean. He has that is true, isn't it? But like, yeah, he doesn't have the the knack of goals that Gundogan had. The second balls he hasn't got. I don't think he, he's got the the versatility. You know, they could put Gundogan not just holding midfield or attacking midfield, but okay, you're going to be attacking midfielder today, but you're going to make runs into the box or you've got to pull out left. You know, all those things you could do. There's a million of them and Gundogan could do them all. Kovacic hasn't got that and therefore, as long as it was, along with the other things, he's not as good as Gundogan is. But there are certain things that he does do that City could do with and breaking the line by himself by carrying the ball is one of them. And also, as again, we saw a couple of times against Newcastle, he was, he was breaking the line and then he was trying to play Harlan through, or at least once anyway. And he just that is that is one of those things that, that City need, you know, the the importance of keeping their kind of intention to find Harland and, and push things forward. And I think we saw that with Kovacic, some of the new areas that he brings to the to the team. And I think we also saw it with Guardiola as well. Because there was a couple of times when Newcastle were pressing and they were kind of closing in on, on Guardiola. And he had his back that turned. Well, he was facing City's own goal. He was on the half turn, but more leaning towards City's goal. And he just banged it around the corner with his right foot, caught everyone off guard. He did that twice. The first one in the first half was to Alvarez, and Alvarez just like just kind of fell over his own feet really and lost it. And there was one in the second half to Grealish, which I think helped. Well, I think I can't remember if Grealish went more direct or just carried it up the pitch and held onto it for City to be together. Um, but that. That was like, oh, okay, that's new, and that's an immediate benefit to what City are doing. Um, and f- like, basically, those two, the Croatians, were kind of fundamental in City breaking through lines last night because we saw it with the goal. And obviously, we will we will speak about Foden. The amount of time Foden picked up the ball in space and was able to get on his half turn, like he's one of the best at. Often, it was Kovacic finding him. So the goal. It was Kovacic finding him, and it was like a fairly routine pass, but a lot of them, he was breaking the lines with a pass and finding Foden, and that was a big feature of the game, and it worked really well. And yeah, Guardiola, I mean, City are already amazing at beating the press. I always say, like, the the best thing City need, okay, sometimes it does really test them, and the man-to-man particularly does test them, and the way the Southampton have done it over the last few years has really tested them. But I do feel, and in fact, the Southampton game last season was a good example because they did make it difficult, but I was doing the radio, and I was like, if City can just break through this they'll have so much yeah. space to run into so much and I always say or think you know what's the ideal opponent for City to play and if going back to the Champions League final I'd have been more confident of them winning the game against Bayern or Liverpool or Real Madrid because they'd have tried to press them not and Liverpool offer City that space oh, no, I know I <laughs> know um, anyone else but not offered, Liverpool yeah oh yeah but they'd, they'd have offered City that space to run into um Rather than a team that's just going to sit back. I mean, to be fair, Inter weren't that in the end, were they? They were. They were very good. But you just, I just back City to find those spaces, and they're really good at it, and they have been for years. But adding Gradiol into that, when it's kind of like, it's it's almost like, you know, you don't bother really pressing Edison because he's just going to find the pass. It was almost like that. I wonder if teams will get to the stage with, we're well, going to close down on Gradiol, but even if he's facing the wrong way and he's on his weaker foot, in theory. You're not just going to force him back to Edison. He's going to find a gap. So that's that's a really interesting one to keep an eye on. And that was almost as impressive, or just equally as impressive as the the tackle to stop the the counter attack. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was very good. Um, but you mentioned Edison kept telling him where to stand, which is he did. Yeah. So I, I was um, I was at the end that Edison was defending in the first half. Um, I say at the end. I'm kind of like I, I'm level with that penalty area on the side. Um, okay. 
So uh, Guardiola was my side, and uh, it was it tended to be when City were in possession, um, and it, it, it must be it must be a case of and like you know I'm no tactical expert, um, but it must be a case of at other clubs the normal thing would to do would be to make yourself available for a pass in this situation or that situation. But obviously, Edison is not a normal goalkeeper. He's not. He, he's. He, he's. Uh, I mean, I, I know that's a. You can say that again. Moment. Um, but the, the way he steps out and the way he kind of becomes part of the build-up, it obviously must get in the in his way. If if Guardiola stands or the left back or the left centre back stands in a particular spot, so mm. every, the ball would be on the right hand side of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, the ball would be on the right hand side of the pitch with Walker or uh, with Diaz, and and they're kind of doing the triangles over that side. The, the kind of the rondos that they end up uh, that that Harland gets so frustrated with. Um, they're doing that and obviously Edison is making himself available because if he could become into pressure they need to get it out to him and they can change the direction of the, of the pass and he kept kind of waving at, at Guardiola and telling him you know step two yards higher up and you know five yards further wide or something and it's obviously because when I get the ball here I'm going to knock it first time to you when we're going to be kind of attacking down that side or I need I need the player I, I need to be able to attract a player to me to give you more time to be able to to move it on and it just I just found it fascinating the way that obviously Guardiola does not know how to what to do yet he's he's you know he's playing his I mean what he's made his full debut against um he's, he's made was it his first start against Sevilla I can't remember the team that played now um, yeah. but so he's he's still very early in his City career but it's obviously a case of Guardiola's um, chucked him in. And the players are just going, okay, well, well, we'll talk you through it. It's fine. Don't, you know, the system will work. Here's how it works. Yeah, Go yeah. and do well, that's this. That's why they're so strong. Yeah. And that's why teams, in terms of winning the Premier League, and I was watching the United Spurs game, and they were talking about, you know, this is two teams very much finding their feet. And by the end, they were talking about um, Postacoglu Spurs looking more sure of themselves than United after, you know, even United having a year of Ten Hag and all this kind of stuff. And you just think, City is so settled and so good. Anybody hoping to like click into that in like one summer is well, basically it's just unlikely. And you know, Arsenal have obviously been a work in progress, and they've got better and better. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and kind of Liverpool have been kind of erratic, haven't they? Just, they're going to have to bounce back, but they've done it before. But City are just so good in that that you can throw in a player. And look, the player's obviously quality. He's not thrown in. Even players within the squad like Phillips, let's say, or Gomez, he's not throwing them in and saying, "Okay, well, the the you know the players can can coach him as well." But you've got so many people there who can offer that support on the pitch. I mean, in fact, it goes back to something that Naden was saying at the end of last season about you know De Bruyne is doing his coaching badges, Gundogan is. I don't think Bernardo is, but it's very similar. Like it's like you've got lots of different coaches on the pitch. But yeah, and the thing with Guardiola is as well because obviously without Stones. In the last two games, they've had a kanji going into the middle, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I'll, I know what you mean. I can't, I, can't, I can't decide if it's if, if I don't like it because it's not Stones or if he's if he's not doing it quite right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or I think yeah, but I think it's also perception. You know, we talked about after Liverpool game. He's one of those. He's one of the Gordon Ramsay adults that gets bollocked if he you know makes a mistake. And look, obviously. Because of Akanji's role in winning the treble, and basically everyone's role in winning the treble, there's very few players in this City team now who, you know, if they put they a all pa- have, pass wrong. Yeah, they all have yeah, they've all the got bank. that blanket yeah. protection. Yeah, they've all got that blanket protection of, okay, well, he had a bad game or he did something stupid there, but we still love him anyway. But there's, there, I think there is still a lingering element with Akanji where there's, I don't know, a bit of mistrust, but also 
Yeah, I'm trying to work out if he does just look awkward in that role or if it's just our kind of perception of it because ultimately, I don't think he's got massively caught out in it. I still think Stones could be better. You know, when Stones... That that stat about dribbling so many times in the Champions League final was really impressive. But then when he gets to the final third, he is still a bit like, what do I do with this? Which is entirely um, understandable because he's a centre-back. and like, But he plays that role brilliantly. And then you've got somebody else who's doing it for the first time. And I think Akanji spoke after the game now and he was like, yeah, you know, it was two games now and I feel like I'm, I'm getting it. So you've got to cut him some slack there. Um, it does look awkward. But what I'm wondering, and in terms of relating this back to Guardiola, and maybe not knowing the positions to be in. And this might be something I'll ask Pep at some point. I wonder if Guardiola will be in there eventually. And maybe even if Guardiola thinks that Guardiola is the better option eventually, but not now. Because, you know, if he, do, if he doesn't know exactly where to stand when he's just in his kind of, you know, on the left of a back three situation which he was normally in when you yeah. were talking about those Edison examples don't chuck him into doing trying, something yeah, yeah trying to tell him you've got to do this then you've got to do this then it's like hold on a minute what the fuck what the fuck is going on now like what are you talking about I can just about get this I can't get that so I I do wonder if Akanji's the best option for doing it now because you wouldn't have to ask do it really um, but yeah I think Akanji's probably it's it's probably one step away from okay we're not going to do that yeah we'll just do it a different way you know we'll just get Kovacic to stay even deeper um, and we'll, but obviously you, then you lose the whole key to the second half of last season which was you create those overloads because you got somebody stepping up from the back going all the way up the pitch um, but yeah it's probably one step away from we're not going to do that anymore um, but obviously you've got Lewis who who can do it but then. I don't know, after the big push to get Walker to stay, I can't think he can leave Walker on the bench for Rico Lewis too often. And obviously now you've got Guardiola at left back. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you want to kind of keep him in. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There's more if you subscribe on Memberful. Sam, uh, what have we got for members this week? Yeah, we finally get round to the Phil Foden chat. Maybe his best ever performance for City. Um, Guardiola's thoughts on Foden, why he uses him there. And some Julian Alvarez stuff as well. And, actually, some bonus Rodri. Yeah, uh, that's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Just search for us, lmtpod. And there's plenty of extra content completely free. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. If you could, wanna hear you